Welcome to Figuring Out Families by Magellan Media, where we help make families the best they can be. We're starting a new series of podcasts we're calling The Parenting Sessions. The series will focus on parenting and raising children and provide practical, real-world advice. I hope you enjoy. I'm David Ahern. Welcome to Figuring Out Families. I'm talking again. Uh, this is a new series we're calling our Parenting Sessions. And our uh, special guest is uh, Dr. Rosina McAlpine, who's an author, parenting expert, and CEO of Win Win Parenting. Uh, welcome back, Rosina. Thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you again. Today, we're talking about Win Win Parenting. That in itself is a great title. Um, starting with the parenting environment today, uh, what are the challenges facing parents, and how do those challenges affect family life, do you think? Look, I mean, Honestly, where to begin? <laughs> this is that's such a big question. And you know, let's talk pre-COVID, and then we'll talk post-COVID. Sure. Now, you know, managing work and family for so many families now is so stressful. We've got um, trying to you know hold down a job. We've got this whole new environment that children are in with technology, and many of us didn't grow up with this environment, so we've got to manage these new issues. We've got uh, children with learning challenges. Um, we've got uh, bullying. Uh, we've got all sorts of things that parents on a daily basis are needing to manage. So I think when we talk about the parenting environment today, many years ago, it was, you know, the village would raise the child. You'd have multi-generational in the same house. You'd have, you know, neighbours that could help out. But today, very much you know, families are very isolated. There's less, you know, opportunity to have that extended family supporting. Both parents may be working. There's even the situation with blended families, single parents. That's yeah. what I said to you. Where do you want me to start? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and that was all before COVID even hit. Yeah, so it is certainly complicated, isn't it? And uh, yes, COVID has certainly added another dimension uh, to family life, and it, uh, not all the stories you hear have been great, of course, during uh, lockdowns. No, that's right. And imagine, you know, one of the things that parents do outsource, let's just put that word out there, like, you know, is the teaching, right? M not many people homeschool. Most people send their children off to preschool, school, high school, university. But all of a sudden, that wasn't happening anymore. So not only did they have all the challenges of running a home, taking care of the kids' well-being, managing all of the stresses that COVID brought about. But then on top of all of that, here was homeschooling. So, you know, there are, you know, I really, really feel for, you know, parents of today with all of the challenges that they're facing and oftentimes with very little support. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can't imagine, but I know a few families too where mum and dad were both working from home and the kids were being homeschooled. So that would have been... Uh, a dynamic situation, I imagine, uh, over many weeks. Exactly. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, one of the things that we know that parents have said forever is, I wish I had more time with my, my children, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden they did, and it was like a whole different ball game. You know, it <laughs> wasn't in an environment that they felt was supportive. You know, the stress of work, the stress of homeschooling, the stress of entertaining young children and trying to get it all done. Uh, the the other thing that was very challenging is um, the lockdown has had challenges for the mental health, physical health of, of parents and children. 
So then there's that in it in and of itself. Imagine, you know, your teenagers are really relying on their friendship base, their, you know, their peers to for their sense of identity and belonging. And imagine being separated from them. Young kids missing their friends, missing their grandparents. Like it 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 brought about a whole new level of challenges. So I really do feel very feel for parents of today in, in, in our environment that we're struggling with now in this new normal that we're trying to manage. Yes, exactly. And, uh, yeah, no, it hasn't been easy for a lot of people and certainly not a lot of families. They've had to uh, uh, renegotiate family life or home life, if you like. Absolutely. So, Rosina, next question. We sometimes hear that uh, family life was simpler 50 or 60 years ago. Do you think that's a fallacy or... Uh, Considering what we've just spoken about, does it contain an element of truth? <laughs> Look, I think that every generation would say that the previous generation had it easier, right? You know, I remember when I was growing up and I was young, my father used to say to me, you kids have got it easy. You don't know what you've got compared to our time. Mm. We didn't even know if we were going to have food on the table, right? You know, you've got your television and you everything in front of you you know uh, so I think every generation has its challenges but I think what we're saying now is the the level of complexity that our parents are dealing with where you know children are on the internet and accessing all sorts of things you've got this bullying's not just face to face now it can be 24 7 online um all of the advertisements and things that children can get into and you know the the availability of of drugs and alcohol and all sorts of things so uh, uh, I don't know a matter of opinion of course every generation would say that it's you know harder for the next generation but I think we really have kind of topped it with having all of that then plus this worldwide pandemic I think we've really had a level of complexity that we've never seen before. Yeah no a good point and I mean my father lived through the Great Depression and they'd have lard on piece of bread you know most days that was there a meal and his father uh, survived uh, the Spanish flu in uh, the late 191819 so I mean every generation does have its uh, issues no doubt yeah yeah so put, to put it simply do parents today face more challenges <laughs> I think their biggest challenges to be honest are how to manage their time effectively how to connect with their family in a deep and meaningful way and how to keep them safe from all of the harms that we know now are out there for our children. And and I'm not saying being overprotective, that's not what I'm talking about here, but there are real dangers now, especially online and offline, that parents need to manage, that they need to deal with. So I do think that they face a lot of challenges. And But the good news is there is a lot of help out there. Now, the, the thing I do want to say about that is that, Parents need to be careful about the help that they are getting because, yeah. you know, if you, you can Google a topic and get, you know, 10,000 hits on it. Now, the quality of that information is questionable, though. Yes. I think parents need to be very discerning when they've got a challenge where they're getting their information from. And if I'm honest, the reason why I started Win-Win Parenting all those many years ago was because I wanted research-based information. I wanted to know how to raise my child in a way that would have great outcomes for my son and, of course, for us as a family. Like, sure. can't be win-lose. No. You know, a lot of people say, you know, 
you sacrifice yourself for your children, but that's not sustainable. And that's certainly not good role model for no. your children as well. So oh. I was looking for the win-win. So, you know, we, we talk about win-win as being the heart and the science of parenting, because obviously you can't just have science when it comes to parenting. It's, it's about heart. So that's why I say it's the heart yes. and the science of parenting. Okay. So should we question the idea that because you have children, uh, you're ready to raise them without any parent education? I absolutely think we should bust that myth. Okay. And I think, you know, it, I think you asked the right questions right at the beginning when we were talking about the fact that, you know, what was it like before? If we go back and we think about multi-generational where you've got the grandmother, the you know, or aunties and uncles and the parents, um, you do have like a whole bucket of wisdom to draw on and support to raise your children. Yes. Nowadays, that bucket of wisdom is called the internet, right? And and books and uh, apps and things. So I really think that we should question this whole idea that just because you can have a child doesn't mean you can raise them. There is no profession. You can't, I can't think of any profession. I can't think of any job in the world that doesn't need some information, training, experience, none of them. Yet we're quite happy to say, I don't need training, information or experience to raise my child. And I often use the example of, would you take your child to um, a school where the school teachers weren't trained, where they went, oh yeah, you know, I, you know, teaching mustn't be that hard. I reckon I could do it. <laughs> or, you know, do you know what I mean? Yes. Or hairdresser. Oh yeah, yeah, I should be able to hack off a bit of hair and make it look decent. <laughs> so whenever it comes to anything else for our children, dentist, you know, hairdresser, teacher, um, whatever it is, we want them to have qualifications. We want them to have experience. We want them to, to be trained in that area. So I think we should question the, 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 the myth that we put this pressure on ourselves that we should be able to raise children when we had no skills in doing it. No, and that's right. It doesn't have discussed in previous uh, podcasts with another person that it doesn't come with a manual. None, none of us. We just sort of blindly at times do the best job we can. Yeah, and no one would want our doctors to be doing that with us or our, you know, no. our accountants or anybody else. No. <laughs> we, we don't want this trial and error. We actually want to get it right, right? <laughs> oh, exactly. No, that's it. That's true. So that brings us to the next question about uh, raising children. Uh, most of us were raised in an environment of a reward system. If you're good, you're rewarded. If you're bad, you're punished, sent to your room, or you, you don't get your lollies on a Saturday night. Is, is this a good approach and does it work in this day and age? So I'm going to just rely on the research again here and, and, and talk about what we know from longitudinal studies. That's studies that go over a very long period of time, over generations and over many years. Now. What we know is that a parenting approach that's warm, that is all about helping the children learn their boundaries, in other words, what's right and what's wrong in the world, but in a warm, loving environment, sure. we know that they have the very best outcomes for children long-term, short-term and long-term. They become responsible adults who know right from wrong and treat the world and others in the world with respect and care. Now, let's just go to one approach. Um, one approach with that could be if your children are good, you give them a reward. If your children are bad, you punish them or you discipline them. Now, that 
actual approach is a behavioralist approach that that comes out of animal training. That's where that comes from. So, you know, when you've got good dog, bad dog, you yes. know, ignore the dog, pat <laughs> the dog, you yeah. know, give the treat. Yeah. And in actual fact, uh, what we're doing then is we're setting up our children not to have a sense of self that, that basically we're always good, but sometimes we make bad choices, right? Yes. You know, we're children. We're learning on our way. So instead of rewarding good behavior and punishing bad behavior, if we do that, our children are always looking outside themselves, not that internal compass about what's right and what's wrong. And then I'll give an example. So one of when I was running a class many years ago, a nanny came to me and she said, look, I nanny for this uh, quite wealthy family and they get me to give the children $5 every time they read a book. And I just have, you know, you've just talked about rewards um, and how dangerous they are and that it makes kids, you know, externally motivated, not internally motivated. What do you think about that, you know? Now, if we want, what we want to do is ask ourselves as parents, would I want my children to grow up for the rest of their lives that every time they're going to read a book, they're looking for $5? Is that a realistic way to grow up in the world? Or is it that we want them to have a love of learning, an intrinsic love of knowledge and learning for enjoyment for that? So that's yeah. what we're looking yeah. for, right? Absolutely. So, so that's what we're looking for. We're looking for an approach to parenting that doesn't, uh, that helps our children nurture that internal compass, what's right and wrong, rather than always looking outside them for praise, uh, for rewards to do good things or avoiding punishments to not do bad things. But more so, I do it because it's the right thing to do because I know what's right and wrong in the world. Sure. No. And look, you've, you've almost answered the next question, but uh, if parents are interested in a new way of parenting, uh, one that doesn't involve rewards and punishments, what does it involve exactly? So the win-win parenting process is a simple, simple three-step process. When I became a parent, I was looking for a parenting approach yeah. that, yeah. that I could use, yes. right? Yeah. I didn't think I was going to have to write one. Yeah. I wanted to find one. Yeah. And um, I just kept seeing two really different approaches. One was uh, very much a relationship-based approach where you just really care for the children, you connect with them, but really it didn't talk much about what you do about making sure they're getting that internal compass, they're behaving in a way in the world that's good for themselves, for their family, for the community and for the world. And then there was another approach that was that behavioural approach that I was talking about, you know, yeah. present present if you do good and punishment if you do bad. Yeah. And I was like, what? Doesn't <laughs> kind of seem like the right approach. So what the win-win approach is this. It's called C-S-E-E, -E, and that's an acronym for STOP, Yes. Empathize, and then Educate. So C, a positive way to parent. And what it is is when things go wrong, like when things are going well, everything's going well at home. We don't have to do anything, right? We're all happy where kids are doing the right thing. We're all enjoying ourselves. Life's going along. This is for when things are not going so yeah. well. Yeah. So when things are not going so well, oftentimes we lose our temper, we get angry, we get frustrated, and that doesn't help the situation. So the first part is stop. Take a breath, walk away. Obviously, make sure the children are safe first. If they're pulling each other's hair out, pull them apart, get them in a safe space, then stop. Absolutely. Stop everything. <laughs> <laughs> so stop. 
um, and take a breath because really we want to respond, not to react. And that's really what discipline and punishment's about. It's about reacting as opposed to responding to the situation. Now, once we stop, we're in such a good position to empathize, to connect with our children. If they're fighting over a toy, that's because, you know, they're kids and they all want, they both want to play with the same toy. Isn't it always the way that they both want to do it? Or if they're a teenager and um, you just can't get them to see that what they're about to do is quite dangerous or worrisome to you and they're slamming doors and yelling at you and telling you you're the worst parent in the world. I know that the first thing you want to do is yell back and think, I didn't raise you like that. But is that going to help the situation? So we stop, we empathize. We look at our child and we go, my child's a child, even if they are teenagers, they're still children. Of course. <laughs> so they still need help. And then from there, when we've connected with them, we're in a really good position to educate or to support them. So that means we never need to reward, discipline or punish. We just need to see what is the missing life skill? What is this situation calling for? Not that they're bad, not that they're good, but what is missing here? So if they're speaking disrespectfully, that's not because they're bad kids or need punishment. That's because they, at this stage, are biting the hand that feeds them and they shouldn't be doing that. They need to learn. Yes. They need to learn respectful communication. Now, if we yell at them, is that respectful communication? Is that demonstrating it? So the three-stepper process can be applied to toddlers right through to teenagers. Um, and it's a very simple, so whenever parents come up against a problem, no matter what it is, my child's being bullied, you stop, you empathize, and then you educate them. You teach them, what can we do together? How are we going to solve this together? What are we going to do? Um, no matter what it is, they're, you know, fighting over technology. We stop, we empathize. I get it. You love technology. You both want to share it. Educate. What are we going to do now to peacefully work a win-win out here? So that's the win-win approach, the simple three-step approach. Sounds very reasonable to me. Uh, Rosina, the term role model is bandied about a lot by the media these days, but in regard to parents as role models, uh, how important is this, do you think? Um, parents are a, child, a child's first teacher. Let's face it, right from, you know, as we talked about in the last episode, um, in utero, right, um, what's happening in the world is already being um, uh acknowledged by the child in utero if there's a lot of calm and music and reading and beautiful that's creating one kind of brain structure if there's a lot of conflict and anger and fear that's creating another set of neural pathways in the child so being a role model means we can either be a positive role model or a negative role model and our children look to us to know how to behave in the world, which is why the stop, empathize, educate, the three-step process means that we will always be good role models. We will be showing how to regulate our emotions. And we talked about that, didn't we, in the last uh, podcast, we talked about emotional regulation, what you can do for yourself as an adult and as a child. Empathy is so important in life. It's one of the key skills if we're going to get on with others and then education. So I think it's really, really important that we role model how we want our children to be in the world. Yeah, no, you're right. And empathy is uh, absolutely key to a lot of things in relationships. But uh, up until recent times, it's not a word that's really been uh, bandied about a lot. So true. And it is a learned, it's learned, just like everything else. You know, if we're saying our children are 
um, self-centered and don't care about anybody else. Instead of saying it like that, we can say, hey, my children still need to learn empathy, care for others. So this is where you give that opportunity. Um, we were just talking the other day um, about communication and empathy and a lot of parents try and hide things from their children. So things might be going bad in the world and it might be at work or financial or with a relationship or something. And kids know when something's not right. They know. It's not like you can hide it from them, right? So when the kids go, mum, is everything all right? Dad, is everything all right? And you go, yes, I'm fine. What have you just role modeled to your children? When things are bad, you don't talk about it. You hide it and you pretend it's not happening. So that's role modeling to the kids. When something's wrong, don't come to us and talk about it. Just hide it. Just go, yes, everything's fine, right? Yeah. So as a role model, we need to be showing our children how we want them to be in the world, how we want them to be in our family, and how we want them to continue on into the future. So it really, really is important that parents role model how they want their children to be in the world. No, that's a very good point. And I think it's, uh, I mean, I had a great parents and they were terrific but if there were issues we never knew about them um, there were six of us uh, in the family six children but it was one that that era you just didn't pass on those sort of things to your children but um, I think it is important I think your children should need to know things aren't going well and how your parents handle the situations well that's the thing and I think that's sort of addressing the most important part about being open with your children is Children sense when things are not right. I mean, you know, they really do. If there's something not right between you and your partner, if there's financial challenges, all of these things, they're going to think the worst. They're not going to think the best. So telling them is going to give them the opportunity to actually, now obviously age appropriate. What we want, I'll give an example. I was saying that if things are difficult and you've got children, you can, and they're saying, you know, mum, are you all right? You can say, look, you know what? I've had a really bad day today. Um, I put in a report and it was all wrong and I got, you know, feedback from my manager and I'm feeling really disappointed and upset. And but and then you have the but or the and I get that, you know, that's what's happening right now. But I do know what I can do to improve this situation. I will be all right. I know how to get out of this. That's the most important part. So kids can see that. You can, things can go wrong and you can feel sad, you can feel angry, but you can apologize and you can get on with, you know, sorting it out. And you can say, but I'm getting help from one of my colleagues, but I'm redoing it, but um, I should have spent more time on it and I didn't, you know, understand the instructions. So that then gives permission to kids to make mistakes, to ask for help, to be all right when things go wrong. Yeah, no, exactly right. I think Sometimes there's too much pressure on children to get things right and uh, it's, it's all right to make mistakes. We all make mistakes and that's the only way you learn. Yeah, that's so true. So, Rosina, do parents need to get it right all the time? I mean, children can make mistakes, <laughs> but what about parents? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think the answer is? Of course they do. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, you know, growing up in a perfect world would be so hard for children. That would mean that, you know, I'm always trying to be that perfect person. But if parents can say, look, making mistakes is part of learning. And really, whenever we push ourselves, whenever we start something new, that's exactly what happens. So, you know, when a child first does a drawing, um, 
you can see that it's a stick figure, right? Um, and it's totally fine if the ears aren't where they're supposed to be, right? Because we're learning how to do that. And it's the same with, you know, parents. Parents are learning all the time. We didn't get the manual. We're trying to, you know, get the best information we can. And when we get it wrong, we need to be able to apologize. And I love this story. And so my my son, when he was really little, he used to get a packet of chips and he used to crush it up to tiny minuscule amounts because he wanted it to last longer. So he could eat just little mini, 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 tiny <laughs> little chips, right? <laughs> but one day he was walking around the house doing it and it was like Hansel and Gretel at my house. There was chips everywhere. You could have followed the trail, right, to, 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 to find out where he was. So I kept saying, and I said it about, I don't know, three, four, five times. I said, Cameron, please sit at the table. Cameron, please sit at the table. Please sit at the table. And in the end, I just lost it, grabbed the chips and put it in the bin. Now, in the moment that I did it, I knew I'd made a mistake. I knew I'd done the wrong thing. And obviously, I, you know, the look on his face, tears jet, jet projectiling out of his eyes, uh, me <laughs> feeling really bad. So I'd made a mistake. You know, parents are going to make mistakes. We're going to do things out of reaction instead of response. So I then had to get down to his level and say, I'm really sorry. I did the wrong thing. You should not have put your chips in the bin and I am going to replace them because that was the wrong thing to do. But I'm going to ask you just one quick question now. What part did you play in this? And he said, I should have listened and sat at the table. And I said, exactly right. Okay. So now you've learned something and I've learned something and I apologize and you apologize. And now we move on and we hope that this never happens again. So it's good for parents to make mistakes, to say sorry, to show how to repair um, when you do the wrong thing. And then that gives children permission to say sorry, to know how to repair. Yeah, and that was a good outcome. It was a lesson learned all around. You learned a lesson and your son learned a lesson. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, Rosina, getting back to striving too hard, do you think parents do strive too hard at times to try and get things right, to be perfect? Yeah, yeah I do. And I think, you know, I, I love this simple approach that we talk about, you know, wherever you can, stop, wherever you can, connect and be empathic with your kids and wherever you can teach them how to be in the world. And, you know, I love to say to our son, you know, I've got, I've got many roles as a parent, but here's my top three. Number one, to love you and have fun with you, right? And you don't have to strive to do that, do you? Just to love them and have no, fun with them, right? That's right. The second thing I need to do is to keep you safe and make sure that the decisions that we make are all about keeping you safe until you can keep yourself safe. And that's where the third part comes in, which is to teach you things. So I think if parents are doing that, if they're loving and having as much fun as they can with their kids, if they are keeping them safe, if they are teaching them things, then I think that's all I could really ask for. Yes. And uh, love plays such a big part. I mean, you know, with love, you can get through anything, I think. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Rosina, unfortunately, we're almost at an end with this session too, but uh, perhaps if you could recap some of the main points from win-win parenting. Absolutely. So number one, self-care for parents, because if you take care of yourself, you're in a really good position to stop, to empathise and to educate your kids. But when you're stressed and tired, you're going to be snappy 
you're going to be short tempered and then you're going to be spending more time saying sorry and feeling bad than you are enjoying those three things that we talked about having fun and loving your kids, keeping them safe and teaching them things. So be kind to yourself, uh, be gentle on yourself and make sure you take care of your needs and then you'll be able to be a great role model and take care of your family's needs. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. And as we've spoken about in this pandemic year, uh, just past that uh, people have learnt hopefully to be more kind to themselves because it's been so important. Rosina, again, thank you for your time. I look forward to our next uh, parenting session podcast. Me too.